0: The West End contains a good chunk of London's major tourist attractions, shops, and entertainment venues. Of course, when I say West End, you most likely think of the West End Theatre, a collection of 39 stages featuring a wide variety of high-quality productions, from long-running musicals like Les Miserables to newer creations and adaptations, such as the unlikely production of Back to the Future. Yes, it's now a musical. The Haymarket Theatre is the third oldest in the district. It was established in 1720 and has been the first to introduce many innovations in theatre, including the first matinee performance. Playwright Noel Coward even had this to say about the venue. To me, the Theatre Royal Haymarket is not only the nicest theatre in London, but probably the nicest in the world. It is neither too large nor too small. Its acoustics are perfect, and it is rich in tradition. Granted, he was speaking of the second location in which the playhouse resided, In 1821, it was moved a little ways down the same street. But while it was still in its original location, a performance was being advertised as the show of a lifetime. At the new theater in the Haymarket on Monday next, the 16th instant, to be seen, a person who performs the several most surprising things following. First, he takes a common walking cane from any of the spectators, and thereon, plays the music of every instrument now in use and likewise sings to surprising perfection. This portion of the act would have been appealing enough to draw in a good audience. But it was the second portion of the advertised act that captured the attention of everyone from all rungs of the social ladder. Secondly, he presents you with a common wine bottle, which any of the spectators may first examine. This bottle is placed on a table in the middle of the stage, and he, without any equivocation, goes into it in sight of all the spectators, and sings in it. During his stay in the bottle, any person may handle it, and see plainly that it does not exceed a common tavern bottle. Well, of course, people had to witness the science-defying performance for themselves. Was a man physically capable of performing a stunt like this, and how? Would it be nothing more than an illusion? Or could he bend, twist, and warp his body out of shape to fit inside? Would he use real magic to turn his physique into jelly, effortlessly drizzling into the bottle? How could so much mass not overflow out of something with so little volume? There was no choice but to attend. On the evening of January 16, 1749, the Haymarket Theater was packed to the gills. Even King George II's son, Prince William Augustus, Duke of Cumberland, was in attendance to witness the spectacle. The theater manager, Samuel Foote, was both excited and nervous. Neither he nor the theater owner, John Potter, had arranged the performance, and it gave Samuel the feeling that something was off about the whole thing. Even worse, it was nearly showtime, the performer was nowhere to be found, and there was no orchestra to bide the audience's time with music. Samuel prayed that this bottle conjurer would arrive soon. At 7pm, the lights were brought up. The audience sat in their seats, waiting and waiting and waiting. People began to squirm and grumble to themselves. One member shouted out, asking where was their entertainment. Others chimed in in agreement. Samuel sent one of his employees onto the stage and eased the crowd, promising to refund their money if the acrobat didn't appear. Another audience member promised to pay double the price of admission if the conjurer would not only show, but also fit into a smaller pint bottle. Someone threw a lit candle onto the stage in protest. This was the cue for the Duke and other more peaceable attendees to leave. The scene quickly grew violent. People exiting lost cloaks, wigs, and other paraphernalia in the scuffle. The Duke lost a prized sword. The remaining angry spectators tore the theater apart. Benches were ripped to shreds, boxes smashed to pieces, and stage scenery was demolished. The wreckage was dragged outside and into the street where the mob lit the pile of debris on fire. The Bottle Conjurer never showed and the aftermath was widely published. Publications mocked the whole ordeal and many pinned the hoax on the theater manager, Samuel Foote, or the owner, John Potter. Both denied the allegations and no proof could be found of their guilt. To this day, nobody knows who played this innocent-turned-thuggish prank, but some researchers do believe that John Montague, 2nd Duke of Montague, was the culprit? He supposedly waged a bet with other noblemen that he could fill a theater by simply publishing an advertisement, inviting people to watch a man creep into a quart bottle. If this is true, Montague won the bet. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting@gmail.com. At Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production.